This program is brought to you by W. W. Norton and Company, publishers of Poetry Unbound by Patrick Otuma. Now in paperback and featuring immersive reflections on 50 powerful poems. the guest editor Q&A hosted by the Academy of American Poets. I'm Mary Sutton, senior content editor at the Academy, and I'm here today with the guest editor for February, Patricia Smith. Patricia is the author of Unshuttered, Incendiary Art, and Blood Dazzler. Patricia, welcome, and thank you, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Very honored. To have you. Thank on. you so much. Let's jump right in. How did you approach curating Poem a Day? Well, you know, first I got the news. Uh, you're going to be a Poem a Day curator. I said, yay, yay, yay. And then I said, <laughs> February. <laughs> and I, you know, I thought about February. And the first thing that comes to me is just how dank and slushy and overcast it is. Uh, and I said, how am I going to get something that people are going to pay attention to in February? So I thought about first love poems because of Valentine's Day. And just like I teach writing to people who don't want to write. So the first things they always write are love poems. And a lot of them are just kind of, you know, my students write things like he didn't text me back, you know. So I figured that a love poem had a wide, wide definition. And, and so I wanted to narrow it down a little bit. And then I thought, okay, it's also African American History Month. And I wanted to figure out some way to kind of combine the two. And I, so I came up with the idea of asking African-American writers to write love sonnets. And I forget, although a sonnet is only 14 lines, it's a challenge for a lot of people, you know? And, you know, I got, I got cursed out a couple of times when I asked. They said yes, then they cursed me out a little bit, then they said yes again. Uh, so they, you know, they, they sort of, they dripped in, you know, a little bit slowly, uh, but I'm really excited by them. I'm glad I did that. Sometimes I think back and say, why didn't I just say love poems? And then we could have had, you know, I'm sure they would have come in faster, but I wanted it to be a little bit of a challenge too. And I wanted the readers to know that, that I posed a little bit of a challenge to the uh, contributors. Now, back in December, 2009, you published uh, in Rattle Magazine, Motown Crown a series yes. of sonnets dedicated both to Motown music and to that particular issue's uh, tribute to the sonnet. And, and what I enjoy about those poems is that they're interwoven. The yes. 14th line becomes the first line of a new sonnet, a device that mimics what I think uh, connects these Motown songs, right? These impossible fantasies right. of love that made such a great impression on that generation 
of teenagers. Um, the sonnet has also been used to talk about impossible love, but the sonnets you curated for this project, uh, for Poem A Day, transgress those expectations. Uh, and our readers and listeners will, will see what I mean. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit more about that, about how the sonnet might also be a radical poetic form? Well, you know, when I first, um, when I went to my MFA program, I went to my MFA program specifically to learn form and, and meter, prosody. Uh, for a long time, since I got introduced to poetry by getting up on stage and doing it, I was told in many different ways that that more traditional realm of poetry was not something that I should approach. In so many ways, like, uh, well, it's gonna be too hard or it's outdated. And all that came down to was that we don't think you belong there. You know, so it was really, really important to me to learn that. And every time I learned a form, I would kind of put it in my toolbox. So sometimes you're carrying around a poem for years, uh, wondering why it's not working. And it's not working because it's asking for something you do not yet know how to do. So I think the idea of really mastering the sonnet uh, is so you know how many ways to break it apart, how many ways to break it apart to make it yours. And that it doesn't have to be traditional love. It doesn't have to have the uh, the change after the, the eighth line. Uh, it's just, um, it's scaffolding, I see, for us to kind of broaden the meaning of what a sonnet means. And that's what I hope, that's what I picked the poets uh hoping that they, well, actually knowing that they all realized that. Uh, and so I want the reader to look at them and see that a sonnet, at least these sonnets are not the expected ones. They won't ever be the expected ones and hope will broaden the idea for people who are writing out there too. Um, they're not all, son they're, I said love sonnets, but they're different kinds of love in these poems. You know, uh, there is person to person love, of course, but there is there's a wider love of community there's a wider love of family uh there's unlove in some of these poems you know there's struggle for love and and i'm very very happy about the way that um the poets interpreted this now if you could direct readers to one poem in our collection at poets.org that you haven't curated what would it be and why I am a Chicago girl and the the composer, the master composer of the Colored Chicago Girls soundtrack was Gwendolyn Brooks, has always been Gwendolyn Brooks. And so the poem and that I, I, I thought about this for a while and I realized that one that I kept coming back to was her poem, Two Prisoners, where I think in her, I think in her mind, she was thinking about the mindset of actual prisoners and trying to get them to think beyond their bars. But I think of it as prisoners of consciousness and prisoners, prisoners of conscience, prisoners of, of fear, prisoners, prisoners of, of racism, of education, anything, you know, that we can close our minds and see no way out that we could be prisoners of so many things. So every time I read the poem, uh, depending on when I read it, who I'm showing it to, uh, it changes. It changes and it, it widens because I think all of us can consider ourselves prisoners of something. And that poem will help guide us out.
And what are you reading right now? Uh, I am reading Joan Cain's work. Actually, I am judging a huge contest, so I'm reading a lot of things. But it's strange when I read something, instead of moving on with it, I just I sort of dig down into it and read it again. Uh, because I forget all about the contest and forget and remember how lucky I am to be surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of books of poetry. And, and so I'm reading Dark Traffic. And I had another, her, her book, Dark Traffic, and I had another uh, book that I had mentioned that I was reading, and I changed it. I'm going back into Sharon Oles' book, Ballads. Uh, I had a chance to talk to her a couple of times, once during the Dodge Poetry Festival, and then during the Pegasus Awards in Chicago. And I, she was one of the first poets when I was coming out of doing the Poetry Slam, one of the first major established poets that I did a reading with. And we came full circle and I came to the, where she was being presented uh, the Ruth Lilly Award this year, you know, and I read with her again at Dodge. And so I realized that I've continually been fascinated by the grounds, the personal grounds that she breaks in her poems. Just things that a lot of us uh, think we've, that we have paved over and never have to look at again. But then when you become a writer and you have those tools, the pavement starts to shake and you realize that you have to confront those things. And she's always been someone who is, is fearless in that way. And so because of things that are kind of going on in my life, I turn back to her to sort of try to absorb some of that fearlessness. That collection, her, her most recent collection, Ballads, uh, is fabulous. And I uh, encourage our readers and listeners uh, to go get a copy of that. I just did an interview with Sharon Olds for the Miami Book Festival, uh, which oh, audience can find through poets.org. Uh, additionally, Joan Kane's work is featured on poets.org. Joan has also been in Poem A Day. She was there in November of 2017 and December of 2019 uh, during the month curated by Paisley Rectal. I'm just really discovering her she's amazing yeah yeah uh what are you working on now in your writing teaching publishing life a lot I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> well I'm trying to push uh unshuttered out into the world uh publication date is the 15th of February uh there's AWP coming up these all these things where I, I know I should be there kind of promoting the book it's a it's really important to me it's a it's a book of um dramatic monologues, persona poems, accompanied by 19th century photos of African-Americans. I've been collecting these photos for years. Uh, I've used them as writing prompts. Uh, one of the first times that I taught at Kaveh Kanem, I used those photos for prompts. So the books, books kind of been a long time coming. I've been living with the photos so long that they've, uh, they've started to take on personality and voice and bone and breath. And so this is the result of that. It's very, very different for me. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how we'll receive it. Uh, I'm also writing a novel. Uh, during the pandemic, um, I took a lot of fiction classes. I thought that there had to be how to write a novel, 10 ways to write. And that is not true. Everybody, if you are a poet, you already know how to write a novel <laughs> because 
I would do things and, and you know, I, if you write narrative poetry, you're already kind of working within that dramatic arc, but you're doing it in this tight control space. So when I have all this room, it's like, wow, it's like, and, and I'm thinking of it as just an unwinding, a long unwinding poem. And that's really helping me. It, um, it's a first person novel. It is about, it's based on a news story of a woman who lost her two sons during um, Hurricane Sandy. And uh, I, my husband writes crime novels and I'm, I have been sort of delving into the crime novel community, the crime community, I love them. I've gone to conferences and things. And so I, I started to get this idea of a version of this woman who is stalking the families of people who did not let her in to help during the storm. She lost her children because she had to leave them to go and, and go for help. And because she was a black woman in a white neighborhood, people thought she was trying to trick her way into their homes. And so they didn't answer the door and her children were washed away. Uh, so I have her exacting a bit of revenge. I'm looking forward to reading. <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading both, but especially that novel. That, I'm that looking forward to finishing it. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> I'm looking forward to actually writing the rest of it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Patricia, for, for joining me. And thank you for no all. No problem. Poem a Day is the original daily poetry series featuring new poems by today's poets. Produced by the Academy of American Poets, this free digital series is made possible by you, our readers and listeners. Learn more about Poem a Day, and if you can, please consider supporting this work by visiting poets.org slash give.